let's turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And uh, the title of the message this morning, When You Feel Like Giving Up. Uh, Jesus was uh, very concerned about this based on the context of uh, last week's message. Jesus talked about some very hard things that uh, his followers were going to go through. And, uh, and so Jesus is going to be sharing with us a parable this morning that uh, will encourage us not to give up on our faith and to keep praying. And it uh, reminds me of a story that uh, Ted Turner once shared. He was being interviewed by a newspaper. Uh, we Many of us know Ted Turner. He was the former owner of uh, CNN. He's a very wealthy man. He's a very... He's the largest, um, he has the largest land holdings in the United States. And uh, he was talking about when he was growing up, he, he, he was born and raised into a very uh, strict Christian family. And uh, he remembered praying to receive Christ seven or eight times uh, growing up. Uh, now, if you know Ted Turner today, he doesn't want to have anything to do with, with Christianity. He is an opponent of uh, Christianity. A 10-year-old is abducted. From- well, we're not going to show that right now. <laughs> but, uh, but the reason why Ted Turner walked away from the faith was that he was praying for his older sister. She had some kind of illness. I don't know what it was, but she passed away. And he grew very disillusioned by that. God did not answer his prayer. And so he walked away from the faith. Maybe you're here today and you haven't walked away from the faith, but you might be considering it. You know, you've been praying, you've been waiting on God, and yet God hasn't answered your prayers. And we all know of people who have walked away from the faith. I've seen people who have been participating in this church, who were very faithful in this church and served this church, but grew disillusioned of their relationship with God and are no longer here. Jesus was very concerned about his followers. He didn't want anyone to fall away from the faith. Jesus shared some very difficult things in Luke chapter 17 about about the tribulation and the fact that um, his followers were going to see the the, the temple who they, the Jews took so much pride in that the temple was going to be destroyed before their very eyes. So not only was, was he talking to that specific generation, but he was talking to generations to follow, our generation. And there were going to be followers who were one day who were going to encounter the great tribulation. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 22, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And he was very concerned about 
what people would do as they were preparing for the day, anticipating the day of the the Son of Man, praying for it, and they didn't see it. Would they still be people of faith? And you might be in that camp today. You're just right on the edge. And maybe you're here in in presence only, but on the inside, you have stopped praying. There's been a person or people in your life. God hasn't done anything, and so on the inside, you're just done. And you're going through the motions. God has a, a word for each of us this morning in this in this text. Jesus is concerned about you. And he shares this parable. And it's in the first eight verses that we're going to look at this morning. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she shall not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus is talking about an unjust judge. And uh, this wasn't any judge, but this was a, a judge who had no fear of God and had no concern for people. And there was this widow. We don't know the circumstances of what uh, transpired in her life, but uh, uh, she had encountered injustice. And she had nobody to represent her. She was a poor lady. Poor lady. She had no means to, to seek uh, a defense counsel or whatever. All her, her only recourse was to badger this unjust, uncaring judge relentlessly every single day. And Jesus tells this this um, this parable this morning so that we won't lose hearts. And this morning, he's going to share with us three things. I want to point out three w- reasons why you and I should never give up praying. And the first reason we see in regard to the unjust judge Jesus wants us to understand this morning, church, that God is not like the unjust 
judge. Uh, Jesus is pointing out a contrast here. I mean, this guy, this guy was uh, just, was not sweet whatsoever. And he was the total opposite of the nature of God. He had no fear of God. He didn't care about people. In other words, he could care less. And Jesus is saying to us in this passage of Scripture, that is not the way our heavenly, our heavenly Father responds to us. This judge, as uncaring as he was, eventually gave in. But he didn't give in because he cared about this widow. He, was, he, he cared about his own self-preservation. He was worried that uh, this gal was going to give him a black eye. He was gonna, she was going to ruin his reputation. Look at verse 5. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual co- coming. He didn't give in to her because he cared for her. He was thinking about himself. And Jesus in this passage of scripture is letting us know that's not the way God is. The Bible says when Jesus returns, justice is going to come. In verse 8, justice is going to come and it's going to come speedily. And it's not going to go well for those who have no fear of God. My question to you this morning, has justice come speedily for you as you've been waiting for him? Some of you have been praying for a long time. And some of you are on the verge of stopping to pray because you are so disheartened and so disillusioned. Where is God? Jesus wants you to know this morning, he's not like this unjust judge. He knows your name. He knows the number of hairs that you have on your head. He's intimately acquainted with all your ways. And just because he hasn't answered yet doesn't mean he's off his throne. We're going to get into reasons why God may be delaying uh, towards the end of this message. But understand, God knows your pain. He counts the number of tears that you shed. The Bible says He's collecting them in a vial. He knows all your emotions. And the best thing that you can do for yourself when you're in that place... And folks, if you haven't come to that place, you're eventually going to be there. Where do you go? What do you do? I want to encourage you to go to the Psalms. In your handout this morning, you have uh, two different sections in the Psalms. One section is chapters 1 through 41, and the other is uh, chapters 73 through 106. 
My friend, the best thing that you can do for your soul when you're in a spiritual ditch, when you're in an emotional ditch, is go to the Psalms and see that you're not alone. There have been many, many, many of God's people who have been in the same place. And what do they do? They cry out to God. They pour out their hurt, their despondency, their pain. They are really real with their God. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is be honest with him as well. He can handle it. He's got big, broad shoulders. Don't give up. God is not like the unjust judge. He hears your prayer. And no, justice isn't coming speedily. For Ted Turner, God didn't answer Ted Turner's specific prayer. In Ted Turner's way. But God answered it. Folks, go to him. Jesus shares this passage of scripture because he doesn't want you to stop. He's afraid that you will stop. And he wants you to know this morning that there's a God and Father who who's loves you unconditionally and here's your prayer so that's the first reason why you can't stop praying because God isn't like the unjust judge number two you're not like the widow look at this widow in this passage of scripture she had no one to turn to except this unjust judge she didn't have A defense attorney. She didn't have any means. She didn't have any money. All she could do was continually badger this unjust judge. And Jesus wants you and me to know this morning that we're not like the widow. Our lives are in Jesus Christ. We are children of the King. Jesus is our defense attorney. Jesus is our great high priest. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Why? Because he's been through it himself. And he sympathizes with all your weaknesses. He understands. And we can go to him. We can go to him in confidence. Not because of who we are, but whose we are. We're children of the King. Your life is hidden in Christ. You're not like the widow. You belong to God. Do you know that, friend? It's so easy when we're going through stuff. We forget these truths. We forget that God's there. 
And Jesus in this parable this morning, based on the context of Luke 17 and the things that his followers are going to face, Jesus says they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Verse 1. So be honest. Be real with God. Let people know what you're going through. Scott mentioned the connection card that's in the pocket there in front of you. You know, months ago, as a church, for staff meetings, you know, people would return those uh, connection cards, and we were getting 15 to 20 um, connection cards each week with uh, specific prayer requests of what people were going through. That's dwindled to about four or five for weekend services now. Do you know what that tells me? It, it doesn't tell me that you don't have anything going on in your life because you do. But I think for a lot of you, you've gotten very disheartened, very disillusioned, and you've just kind of stopped. Don't stop. Let us know what God, what you're longing for God to do in your life. Allow us as a staff to pray with you. In two weeks... We are um, going to one combined service in the dining hall for the summer at the 1050 hour. One thing that I'm really excited about at, uh, at the conclusion of our services as, um, at the, after the, the, the sermon, we're going to have kind of an altar call kind of thing. It's not going to be you come down here. It's, it's kind of hard because the music's too loud and you really can't talk to a pastor. But if you need to pray with a pastor or an elder or a deacon, uh, this room is going to be set up. It's going to be our dining hall for the summer. But we're going to have counselors in here, men and women, who want to pray with you during that decision time. And I, I hope that you avail yourself of that. We want people to do business with God because God is real. God is alive and well, and he wants to hear from his children. Another thing that uh, we, are, we are wanting to begin very soon is a monthly prayer service. And we don't know which night to have this on right now. In your bulletin, I'd like for all of you to take out your bulletin if you have one. And there's a, there's a handout sheet. We'd like to know what night would be best for this uh, all-church prayer emphasis. We'll do it once a month, and we want to know what night would be most convenient for you and your family. If you could just fill this out for us, just check the boxes. Give us your top three priority days. Um, and then when the offering plate goes by at the conclusion of the service, if you can just drop this back in, that would be very helpful to us as uh, we plan our first our 
prayer time together. But we want the elders and the deacons and the Bible study teachers, life groups. We want and the youth. We'll have something for the children going on. But we want all age groups to come together. And we have a concentrated time of prayer as a church. We, we need that. Jesus doesn't want, does not want us to lose heart. He doesn't want us to stop praying or you to stop praying. And the reason why, number one, because God isn't like this unjust judge. And we are not like the widow. We are children of the king. And then number three, because losing heart is far worse. Losing heart is far worse. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning because you're here. The people who really need to hear this message, they're the ones that have stopped. They're the ones that have grown disillusioned. But I want you to understand why losing heart is so dangerous. And that it's far worse. And you've got to think beyond yourself. You know, think about the person who's contemplating stopping. You know, forgetting all this nonsense on Sunday morning. I'm just going to live my own life. And they're listening to the enemy and they're thinking to themselves, think of all the extra time I would have on my hand if I just stopped going to church. You know, think of the shopping that I could get done. I mean, I could get out of town every weekend and just have an enjoyable, relaxing day. You know, my weekends, I can rejuvenate myself and be ready for Monday morning if I just stop. And that's what some people have talked themselves into. They've decided that their life will be far less complicated if they just stop this Christianity stuff. But you need to think beyond yourself. You need to understand that no man is an island unto himself. We all relate to other people. And if we stop in our faith, moms and dads, grandma and grandpa, that's going to impact the generation behind us. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 71, 18 through 20. Psalmist says, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You... You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You have made me see many troubles and calamities. You need to underline that right there. You have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You see the faith of this psalmist? 
in spite of all the things that he's going through, this man knows or this person knows in the depths of his heart that God is going to prevail. And he has a story to tell to the people who are coming behind him or the people of the people coming behind him. Folks, if you stop, you miss out on that opportunity. Failing, stopping is far worse. Because not only does it impact you, but it influences the people who are coming behind you. Did you know that we're just one generation away from Christianity being becoming extinct in the United States of America? One generation away. If we don't take the responsibility to pass it on to the next, Christianity disappears. Now, I know if you quit, that doesn't mean it's going to quit. It's going to cease for all the United States of America. But understand this. If you quit, it may cease in your family. That's how important it is for you to continue to trust God. My friends, we've got to pass on to our kids and our kids' kids that God will never fail them. Whatever Jesus says he's going to do, he will do. We need to pass on that face because there's going to be a time when you're not going to be there, when they're going to have to have the opportunity to trust God. You're not always going to be there to protect them from every hurt that they encounter. And when they're in that moment, when their life may be in danger, how do you want them to respond? Do you want them to respond with with? with a heart full of hope and trust and confidence that God's there for them. That's what I want for my kids. But I've got to model that for them, and I need to testify of that to them. I want to introduce you to a young man. He's 10 years old. His name is uh, Willie Myrick. Now, if you uh, came in as the service was beginning, you saw a music video on the screen by Hezekiah Walker. If you missed that... um, that music video, let me encourage you to go home and Google it and, uh, and, and play it this morning. It is a contagious tune. But uh, there was this little 10-year-old whose life was in danger. And I don't know if it was a mom or dad or a grandma or a grandpa, but they have instilled this little young man with lots of hope in who God is. So let's turn off the lights and let's watch this short little video. Let's rewind that and uh, get the sound up. How he got the kidnapper to let him go. Trace Gallagher. Let's, now. Let's, Trace. Re- let's rewind it. is abducted from right in front of his home in Atlanta, Georgia, only to be released a few hours later. And you will not believe how he got the kidnapper 
to let him go. Trace Gallagher knows. Trace? He did it by singing, Megan. It really has become the song heard around the world, and police say it may very well have saved the life of nine-year-old Willie Myrick. Willie says he was in his front yard. He bent down to pick up some money, and that's when someone grabbed him, threw him in their car, and took off. Listen now to nine-year-old Willie Myrick. I didn't know what he was doing until he, like, grabbed me. And he drove me off to East Point. He told me he wouldn't hear a word from me, so I ain't say nothing. Oh, he didn't talk. Instead, he started singing a gospel song called Every Praise. Willie says the man cursed at him, telling him to shut up, but he kept singing for three hours until the man finally stopped the car and told him to get out. The boy <laughs> ran to a nearby home, asked the homeowner to call his guardian. By that time, police were already canvassing the city and quickly picked him up, saying the song saved him. Now listen to Willie sing the song on a local radio station. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. He was saying, shut up. Yeah. Everybody's heard it. Willie Myrick even got to meet Hezekiah Walker, the Grammy winner who actually wrote Every Praise. Police still do not have any leads on the suspect. They're hoping the sketch we showed you earlier might generate some tips in this case. Unbelievable. I love him. I want to know Willie. <laughs> what a great story. Every praise is to our God. Have you given up? Are you on the verge of giving up? Don't stop praying. Jesus says, you are not like the widow in this story. You're a child of the king. And that doesn't mean that you go to God and you badger him and just be relentless. And Just simple, taught childlike faith. You know, I'm a grandpa. My grandkids address me just matter-of-factly. Why? Because I'm their granddad, and they address their mom and dad matter-of-factly. They ask for things because that's their mom and dad. Mom and dad love them. Mom and dad are going to care for them. Mom and dad are always going to be there. Grandma and grandpa are going to be there. My friend, your relationship with God is to be childlike. And you go to Him in faith and trust, simple tr childlike trust, and share with Him your concerns continually. Crawl up into His lap. He is your daddy. Jesus says, Abba. Father, he was modeling the relationship we can have with God the Father. You're a child of the King. Don't quit. God's not like the unjust judge. And you have a story to tell to the next generation. 
And Jesus knew that there were going to be days when you would desire to see the Son of Man and you're not going to see it. And that doesn't mean to give up faith. Jesus says in verse chapter 18, always pray and not lose heart. So how, how do you keep from losing heart? Briefly, just want to share three things. Number one, don't focus on what God's not doing. Focus on what God is doing. You know, when we're in the emotional, spiritual ditch, it's so easy to see the negative. And the negative becomes so glaring. The psalmist in Psalm 73, obviously he was in an emotional ditch. And he was looking at the the people who were getting away with all sorts of things who weren't God-fearers. And he was growing angry and thinking and saying to God, God, why are you blessing these people? They deserve justice. And as long as he kept focusing on what God wasn't doing in their lives or how he was blessing them rather than cursing them, he grew angrier and angrier until finally when he came into the house of the Lord and the Bible says he perceived their end. Justice will be served. And don't focus on what God isn't doing. My friends, focus on what he is doing and he's up to a lot. Number two, remember, Jesus always keeps his promises. Look at verse 8. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Look at that last part of that verse. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes. Jesus didn't say, and if the Son of Man comes. No, he says, when the Son of Man comes. Folks, he's coming. He's coming. And just as confident as he was of his death, burial, and resurrection, so he's just as confident in the return of himself. And so Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture, in this parable, uh, don't, don't concern yourself as to whether he will fulfill the promises, but rather concern yourself with, is he going to find faith in me? If he were to return to do today, would he find faith in you? He doesn't want you to grow disheartened and quit. You know, I think of um, Miriam Ibrahim. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but we've heard her in the news in the last few weeks. She just gave birth to to a baby in this last week, and she is in a, a sedan prison right now. And being um, forced 
to, uh, to deny her faith in Christianity and become a Muslim. And if she doesn't become a Muslim, she's going to be killed for her faith. What awful circumstances. She has a two-year-old. She's just given birth to this new baby. She's allowed to nurse this baby for the next two years. But after that, if she does not renounce her faith, she's going to be, she's going to be killed for her faith. She's not going to stop. She's going to continue to believe. What faith? Jesus in this in chapter 17 and chapter 18, church, he's preparing us for suffering. When the hard time comes, is he going to find faith in you? And so number one, to keep from losing heart, focus on what God is doing. Number two, remember, Jesus always keeps his promises. Even in the face of death, he keeps his promises. And number three, Romans eight twenty eight is always at work. Romans 8.28. Let's turn there. If you don't have that verse memorized, you need to memorize that verse. You need to underline that verse. But the Bible says this, and we know, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Brothers. God is always at work for your good and his glory. And so when God, so don't be discouraged by God's silence. Is he silent right now in your life? You know, this this passage is full of tension. Verse 7 says, in chapter 18, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily for some of you it hasn't been speedily your pillow has been wet at night you're <clears throat> you've been in anguish emotionally and spiritually and you're thinking to yourself where is the justice god's not coming speedily here He will come speedily at his second coming. Justice will be served at his second coming and it will come speedily to those who do not fear God. 
But in the meantime, between the now and the not yet, oftentimes we wait. And we wonder, God, what are you doing? God is still working. The Apostle Paul understood this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in your outline it's wrong. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, verse 10 and before verse 10. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And he begged God on three different occasions to remove this thorn in the flesh. And God didn't remove it. And Paul finally came to the conclusion that there was a purpose for this thorn. That in his weakness, God was going to be made strong. My friend, when God delays in your life, that doesn't mean it's God's denial. Or that God doesn't care. He sees the big picture. He sees things that you can't see. He has a bigger purpose in mind of your pain. And in that moment of difficulty, he wants you to continue to keep praying. Keep praising. He is God. And he is going to show himself. So are you tired? God brought you here for a reason this morning to remind you to not give up. He cares about you and he has a plan through it all. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. But keep on praying. He wants to find faith in us. Let's pray. Just one more time. Can you give it to him? With simple childlike faith, you don't have to say a lot of words. My children never had a lot of words with the concerns that they brought to us. Oftentimes it was just tears. But keep giving it to God. You're not alone. Don't give up. All of us know somebody who's not here today because they've given up. And giving up really is far worse. It just may be God wants to use you this week to give them a call 
just to say hi, to see how it's going. Not to condemn them, but just to care. Would you let God use you this week to encourage somebody else that's gone to the sidelines? Maybe you need to tell somebody what you're going through. Maybe you need to take that connection card and write down that request one more time and let other people intervene with you in that need. I encourage you to do that. Jesus, thank you for your word. You were very concerned about us because you knew that there were days where we would want to stop because we grew faint of heart. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, through Jesus, what you did on the cross and through the resurrection, Lord, help us to see the empty tomb, the empty grave that you conquered sin and death. And you will prevail over our situation. We don't see how, but God, you do. As our caring and loving Heavenly Father, you see. And so we worship today the God who sees. By faith, we give it to you again. Lord, thank you for this reminder. Encourage encourage your children to keep persevering. If there's one here who's without faith, but today wants to believe in what Jesus did for them, God, help them cross that threshold of faith into relationship with you. Set them free. 